0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we have a great revenge story of just letting that annoying kid get what was coming to them. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I was fired early in my career by a team of two senior people I reported to Revenge came in time. When I was in my early 20s trying to make it in the world and just starting out, I reported to a senior sales team as a junior salesperson. Really it was a support role and I knew my place, watch, stay quiet, learn and help them. I report to a lady who was mid-level and the senior guy who was head of sales. I was green and while I was seeking mentorship and periodically asking for advice to improve how I was able to support them, they mistook it for incompetence. It was simple things like learning what format each of them preferred their daily reports in and tasks they had to do. I also had an issue because the senior guy basically stole my first bonus at the three month mark. It was a tiny amount to him but a lot for young me. I didn't officially complain but asked him how he was able to keep my bonus when it was obvious it tracked back to my efforts on the data. He didn't like that and didn't pay me. I was doing a good job. I'm fully aware of my skills, but with the explanation, it's just not working out, they fired me a few weeks later. I spent a couple months getting a new job, which turned out to be an amazing smaller firm where I was appreciated, mentored correctly, and thrived. The new firm was very successful. About two years later, after I'd become a vital but still junior part of the smaller company, my former firm closed up in the region and put everyone out of work. So I saw through the glass while walking by the boardroom one day that the senior guy who stole my bonus was being interviewed for a job at my current firm. My current superiors didn't see me walk by, but my old boss and I made eye contact. Now, in a small sales team at a small firm, it's important to have a nice working relationship and trust. It's also a lot of selfish salespeople who are there to make money and don't like being ripped off. So later that afternoon, I quietly mentioned to the one boss... I saw X in the office today when I walked by. I used to work for him. That jerk stole my bonus one time. It was all I needed to say because the last thing my current boss needed was a person who would do that on our team. Then times got tough and I know that man spent two years looking for work. Six or seven years later, I was at a new company in a more senior role. And the one lady who i originally reported to called me and was selling at a new firm and she was calling to ask if i'd be interested in purchasing from her i didn't know she had started working there the firm she was with was selling something that was very basic and interchangeable to competing firms she'd gone from selling important things to selling a nothing product after the original firm closed she acted all happy and nice to me and recalled the great job I did when we worked together. I also know she didn't want to be talking to me, but her call log said she had to call. I told her thanks and sent me along an official quote and proposal. Several hours of work for her. In the industry we were in, she was paid not only on new sales, but a net sales measurement, meaning she had to retain clients as well and bring in new ones. I had a lot of commitment at the firm she was now at. While she spent her afternoon drafting a proposal, I spent a couple of hours pulling all my business from that company and subbing it for a competitor up the street. She emailed me a full proposal and mentioned she was excited to be working with me again and supporting my business. She had no idea yet, I just pulled everything and she would never receive a bonus this year because of the size of the amount I pulled. The next day she emailed me quite upset and had cc'd her boss who I'd known for years and had a good working relationship with. I replied to all and thanked her and said I'd decided to go with a competitor because it just won't work out as I find your approach to business dealings to be insincere. Her boss emailed me back directly and asked what happened and I replied that I just don't think she's a sincere person. My business to their firm was worth more than her job. And she didn't last more than a month there after that. How much of this is OP being crafty? And how much of this is just salespeople being cutthroat in their business? I mean, I understand people doing what they can to make sure they succeed, but doing what they can to steal somebody else's bonus is kind of a new one. Also hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is, I broke up with my boyfriend on his birthday for horrible actions he did when he was a teenager. I don't know whether this counts as pro-revenge, but here's my story, which happened some years ago. I, 26-year-old female at the time, had just started dating Thomas, 28-year-old male, and things seemed promising very sweet man, educated and quite smart, good looks. After 7 weeks of dating, he invited me and two of his childhood friends, let's call them Alex and Bart, for a long 29th birthday celebration weekend at his father's country house in a small French town. His father was going to be around as well, and I was very excited to meet everyone. Day 1, Friday, is fun. I'm happy to get along well with Thomas's father, a smart and caring man. Day 2, Saturday, After a very nice day, we enjoy a party in the garden with the neighbors, including some friends of Thomas. After a few hours and a lot of drinks, a group of people gather around a small campfire and start sharing childhood memories. This is where things go wrong. At first, of course, innocent and dumb stories as you would expect, but then Thomas and his friends started sharing really sick stuff. In particular, they told a story about how, when they were 14 or 15 years old, they found very amusing to bully for almost six months Arthur, a boy of their school who was very isolated and shy, making jokes, calling names, you name it. As if this wasn't enough, they created a fake girl profile on MSN Messenger, a computer platform to exchange live, me- a computer platform to exchange live messages that we used in the years 2000s, and spent freaking months exchanging messages with him under the false girl identity, flirting and developing a false relationship with the poor boy. Some people were in the confidence at school, and it became a big and cruel joke behind Arthur's back. They used pictures of Bart's real cousin, and the boy truly thought he had some kind of online girlfriend to whom he even sent confessions and love messages. At some point, they got bored and scheduled a false rendezvous IRL, asking the boy to take a bus for 2 or 3 hours, wearing a t-shirt Elmer the Elephant, based on a private joke. Obviously, there was no one waiting for him, and they didn't know how long he waited over there by himself. If Arthur had not already understood what was going on, he found out the next day at school after Thomas and Bart told the story to everyone and even shared the love messages that Arthur had been writing. The poor boy stopped coming to class and apparently changed school and it's easy to imagine that this must have been extremely traumatizing to him. Do you think that Thomas, Alex, and Bart had any bit of shame about it? Not a bit of remorse, in particular on Thomas and Bart's side. They kept making jokes about it and even seemed to regret that they were not good enough at being evil to convince the boy to send inappropriate photos. I don't even want to imagine what would have happened if he had done so. To say that I felt uncomfortable would be a gross understatement. I was absolutely horrified and started to despise Thomas more than anything. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StoryTimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash, StoryTimePod. I was not the only one shocked. Thomas's father, who heard the end of the story, had the most disappointed look in the eyes. His stupid son was so drunk that he didn't even notice it. I escaped the party immediately after that and got back to the house. I could not sleep at all this night, and I kept thinking about the evening and how Thomas was still finding this funny. I heard him coming to bed around 4am, but I pretended I was asleep. Day 3, Sunday, was the actual birthday, and the initial plan was that I would take Thomas on a one-on-one fancy surprise date for lunch nearby, and then we would meet the group for a late afternoon party. But instead, I woke up very early on Sunday morning, took all my stuff in silence, and went alone to the train station where I took a direct train heading back to Paris. I decided to send a text to Thomas wishing him happy birthday and telling him to meet me at a certain location an hour from the house for a surprise and that I needed to go a little bit in advance to make sure that everything would be perfect. I picked a random location using Google Maps to gain time. Thomas read the text around 10am when he woke up. He responded with excitement that he would follow religiously the instructions. When he arrived there at 12.30, I told him to wait further as there was little delay on something. Then I asked him to meet me at a restaurant which was 30 minutes drive from the initial location. When he arrived at 1.15pm, I texted him that I was on my way, would arrive in 20 minutes, and that he'll understand when he sees me why I made him wait. I also asked him to order some food and the most expensive bottle on the menu. Around 1.30 he started calling me several times and sent a lot of worried texts and after 45 minutes I responded in French, So how does it feel to have people play with your feelings? Then I stopped responding. I let him call and text the entire afternoon, but never responded. At some point an unknown number called me. It was his friend Alex asking what was going on and that Thomas's birthday was completely ruined because of what I did. I just responded, This is an extremely small payback for what you did to Arthur. Tell Thomas to stop calling me. And hung up. I blocked them. I still felt bad the entire evening as I started to grow attached to Thomas back then. The following days, a common friend called me to say that my reaction was completely absurd and unfair that it was not my role to punish someone for actions they did as a teenager, that there were adult ways of saying things, and that I'd been completely crazy. Only a few people supported what I did. Everyone else seemed to think that I was a bench. Thomas tried to fix things and win me back for a few months afterwards. I never responded to any of his messages. I don't regret it. I simply hope that Arthur, who should be 35 or 36 years old now, is well. So I think obviously OP probably went a little overboard, maybe, but I don't really think OP's a jerk for what they did. I mean, this guy kind of deserved it, especially for the lack of remorse. In a very light way, they finally experienced at least firsthand what Arthur did, so maybe they understand just a fragment of what they put him through. And yeah, if I were an OP situation and I found out a revelation like this and found out this person had been a monster and also doesn't feel bad about it, I would find myself not trusting in that foundation either. Our next story is, I exposed an affair because it was affecting my sleep. So I'll start with understanding what I did wasn't exactly right, but I regret nothing. My upstairs neighbor has been having an affair with a married man for about four months now. I wouldn't care, but because it's an affair, he comes over at odd hours of the night and they have sex very loudly. I can hear a lot and it wakes me up and prevents me from sleeping. How do I know it's an affair? He's never spent the night and his car has baby car seats in there. Some backstory, I've had issues with my upstairs neighbor prior to this. She would throw parties on Monday nights, She gets home at 2am from work pacing her condo and having loud phone conversations. She's 40 years old throwing parties with 20 year olds and having affairs and living like a teenager. I tried to talk to her like a normal person about my concerns but she doesn't care and I've had to get the association involved to stop the parties. I hate her. So I decided to learn some more about this mystery man. I looked up the license plate, found an address, searched the address, and found a name. I took the name and did some social media stalking and found the man and his wife's profiles. I made a throwaway account, messaged the wife about the affair. I haven't seen him now for a few weeks and I'm sleeping really nicely. I mean, I'm just wondering, did OP try complaining to whatever regulation or landlord or whatever? Is that just a flat out dead end because I feel like there are some things you can try before you go full PI. Our next story is, neighbors didn't give a freak about my sick dad, so I didn't give a freak about their renovation. Hi guys, I'm a silent lurker in the sub and thought I'd share a small story of mine. My parents and I live right next to each other in what we in Germany call, Ryanhauser. One of our neighbors is doing a big renovation on his house and has workers and trailers all over the street the whole day. That's not really a problem. Me and my dad also told them it's no problem for them to use our driveways for the trailers and wagons at daytimes when we're gone, just so they can keep the street clear. Now, my dad, 72, got diagnosed with renal colic and needed surgery. Everything went good, but he's not that mobile at the moment and needs to use his car a lot. Normally he goes by bike or just walks, So I went over to our neighbor and told him my dad needs a spot regularly for the foreseeable future. He can't put his trailer there anymore. Everything seemed good and he understood it. It took him three days till he put his empty trailer back on my dad's driveway when he was out of the house. And two days later, he didn't even remove it for the night. Maybe I should have tried to speak to our neighbor again, but I didn't. My friends and family say I have a short fuse and get mad really fast at unimportant stuff. That might be true, but I can't just stand bull crap/ignorant people when it's regarding simple stuff like please stop blocking my sick dad's driveway. So by the second time I came home from work and saw that empty trailer again blocking my dad's driveway, I waited for the night to see if he moves it. He didn't. So at 1 a.m., I got up and walked over to my dad's driveway, removed the brake from the trailer, and just pulled it out of the driveway, and just started walking down the street out into the fields with it. We live right at the border of the city to the surrounding wheat fields. Pulled that trailer around a mile away into the fields. Easy to spot for everyone who's walking or driving by. That's now three weeks ago, and since then, my dad's driveway never had a trailer on it again. Just imagine the fear and dread when this person walks out there, and the trailer is just gone, especially if something else is parked in its place. Where is it? i don't know it it disappeared for all i care our next story is bully pushed my head against the window so i got him expelled i was sitting on the bus one day when my bully got on i'd already found a seat and was sitting alone the bully came up to me and demanded to sit next to me probably to bully me on the ride home i told him no there were plenty of other seats he argued with me for a bit and then slammed my head against the window he sat down and I looked out the window of the ride home, trying not to cry as my imaginary man jumped over the telephone poles. Next day, I concocted a plan. I knew this bully chewed tobacco. I was in 7th grade, he was in 8th grade. When I got off the bus to get to school, I told the bus driver that he was chewing on the bus. He wasn't, he was smart enough to do it out of sight of authority. The bus driver stopped him when he got to the front and asked him to empty his pockets. She found the chew and sent him to the principal's office. Turns out that was the third time he was caught with chew. His dad bought it for him and the school was fed up with him distributing it throughout the school. He was expelled. Found out through the grapevine. My bus buddy said he thought I was going to bring a gun in the next day. Nah, I had another plan. You know, back in middle school, when kids were distributing, it was gum, You know, handing out those tiny strips of Orbit or something. It's surprising and saddening to hear about an 8th grader chewing tobacco. I feel like the last time I heard about a kid that age chewing tobacco, it was some book about some southern kids in the 1930s or earlier. Our next story is, call me evil? Enjoy having my one star review always as the first review you see. Okay, this is short but petty. I once went to a cocktail bar in Lisbon with terrible drinks. My wife got a Long Island iced tea that was pure coke while I got a Moscow mule that came with ginger ale, not ginger beer. To add salt to injury, all that soda wasn't cheap. For extra context, Lisbon can be pricey for us locals. Going out to eat in the city is a luxury my wife and I have to budget for. We saved up to visit this cocktail bar, so we expected their cocktails to be top notch. Naturally, I was very frustrated. I gave them a one-star review on Google Maps, and that would be the end of it, had the owner not replied calling me an evil, cynical man, accused me of lying and hurting their business on purpose. Cynical evil man? Okay then. One fun aspect of Google reviews is that whenever you edit your review, it gets marked as new again, making it surface at the top of the restaurant's review list. I've been editing that review at least once every two months for almost a year now. I usually just delete or add an extra space, but that's enough to make my review the first thing any prospective visitor sees. I respect the pettiness from this cynical evil man. Seriously, like I could understand being upset enough that in theory I would want to do something like this, but I couldn't imagine actually having the patience or the remembrance to actually keep showing up just to stick it to them every so often to be honest i'd leave the bad review maybe even attach pictures so it gets recommended a little bit more and probably feel like "Eh, i've done my job our next story is receptionist doesn't make my flight reservations sorry we're not hiring this happened several years ago but still makes me smile i 36 year old female at the time was hired by a large company to supervise one of their departments there was travel involved Travel arrangements were made by the receptionist. I needed to travel across the country for a conference, and I gave the receptionist all the information she needed to make the travel arrangements. Now, I knew that if you make flight arrangements ahead of time, the flights are cheaper than if you make them last minute. There was plenty of time to make the flight arrangements and get the lower fare. After a few days, when I hadn't received any confirmations from the receptionist, I would ask her about them. Nothing. Kept asking. Nothing. I was becoming concerned as I didn't want to cause the company to pay extra because she didn't do her job. I became very frustrated as it was now past the time to get the lower airfare. I expressed my frustration to my assistant who immediately asked me for the conference information. She went ahead and made all my travel arrangements but the airfare was very high. Petty Revenge, the company I worked for closed a few years later. My assistant and I had worked so well together that we opened our own business. My partner was sitting at the front desk that faced the parking lot. I came in from the back and see the former receptionist walking away. I asked my partner what she wanted. She was looking for a job. Sorry, not hiring. Edit context. The company I worked for was a printing and mailing company. We printed and mailed millions of catalogs nationwide. The company originally only did printing and bought out the mailing. The decision was made to start an in-house mailing department to be able to offer their clients everything in one place. They bought mailing equipment and hired staff. Only problem was no one knew how to properly run the equipment that put the mailing labels on each catalog or how to work with the USPS for nationwide mailings. I had extensive experience not just in effectively running the equipment but also working with the USPS. It was executives within the USPS that recommended me to this company. They hired me to organize and make their new department efficient and cost-effective. Noteworthy, this was mainly a male-dominated field, and I'm female. That's a whole other story. I only mention this because I encountered a lot of animosity and jealousy from, surprise, women. I knew how to set up and run the equipment. I knew the USPS rules and regulations, I worked with our clients to guide them in purchasing address labels if they didn't have their own customer base list. This is where some of my travel came in. The rest of my travel consisted of a yearly, week-long conference with other major printing and mailing companies with the USPS, traveling to equipment manufacturers in the ever-evolving mailing equipment, and to our major supplier of mailing labels. Long story short, I trained 30 to 50 employees in running the equipment and properly preparing the mail for the USPS. I was brought in to replace the person who was trying but coming up a bit short. Nothing against her at all, but she didn't have the experience necessary to accomplish the goals. She became an excellent EA and I needed her Getting millions of catalogs ready for a USPS mail drop so that they were delivered in-home within a 3-day window across the country was a daunting task. I trained her in the proper procedure of working with the USPS and doing all their paperwork. It's the government. Lots of paperwork. Just a little background on why I had an executive assistant. I had to accept the fact that I could not do it all. I was not a micromanager. My goal was always to train and have confidence in their abilities to do their job. I've probably given you too much information, but I hope that I've answered some of your questions. Any more questions? Ask away. Honestly, I think OP did a very good job at being very specific and explaining probably more than they needed to. Honestly, does anybody else also feel like OP doesn't even have to explain themselves as much as they did? I'm not calling them long-winded, I'm saying, even with a lot less workload, I don't blame you for having an assistant, if you can afford it and it makes sense. Our next story is, I gaslit an annoying kid and turned the class on him. Back in middle school, a real disruptive kid, the kind that frequently causes the class to get more work because he wouldn't shut up, left his notebook on his desk during movie day. In a larger room when everyone took a seat around the television, when I had to go to the bathroom, I took it off his desk and put it in his own backpack. When class was wrapping up, he started losing his crap, insisting it was stolen, and kept it up until they brought in the security and the vice principal. This was the last class and now he kept everyone held up for at least an hour after school to search everyone's bag and locker until they looked in his bag. And everyone, staff included, hated him. He got a suspension, grounded by his parents, and bullied by everyone else for wasting their time. I didn't feel too bad, he was insanely close, to get it with the next extra assignment he would get the class. I'm not exactly sure what OP meant at the very end there, but it is pretty shocking to me that this kid would throw such a fit about it being stolen without ever having considered for some reason somehow they blinked and put it in their bag and never checked. How do you freak out and get to that point? Our next story is, my roomie didn't know I spoke Spanish and tried to talk behind my back. For context, I'm Afro-Latina, but most people just assume I'm African-American and don't speak Spanish. Well, the other day I was getting ready and I overheard my roommate on the phone with her mom talking in Spanish. And most importantly, they were talking some mad crap about me. More context, I have a long-term boyfriend, and more often than not I spend the night at his house. But I think it's super important to keep my own place as well for my own independence. But I guess to her she assumed I'm a streetwalker and stay with a different man every night. Her words. So what do I do? I burst out into the living room and say, Wow, I didn't know you spoke Spanish too. In Spanish. And y'all, this girl's face turned red. She just smiled and said, Oh, yeah and said goodbye to her mom and went to her room. So is OP gonna update us with what happened afterwards? Did they apologize? Did they just act shy around OP for the next who knows how long? Did they pack up and move out and get off that lease right away? Our next story is let annoying kid get what was coming to him. I used to work in a reform school. Basically kids with behavior issues that public schools didn't want to deal with got sent to us. We had one kid who was super annoying He liked to raise his hand, talk, poke at other kids, basically did nothing to endear himself to anyone. One time in the class I helped monitor, he was sitting behind another kid who didn't talk much. But he was the kind of person who you probably shouldn't antagonize. Of course, he started throwing wadded up paper at him and poking at him and talking to him. I figured instead of disciplining him, I would let nature work itself out. After a while, the kid he's poking at turned around and very calmly said if he poked him again, he would get up and knock him out of his chair. About 15 minutes later, he poked at him, and true to his word, that kid got up and punched him in the head and knocked him out of his chair. It took him a few seconds to realize what had just happened to him. Then he started crying that the other kid hit him and wailing about it. So I made both of them go stand up on the wall, our standard punishment for getting out of line never had a problem with him again. In this situation, when you're overseeing these kids and you understand the full context of what happened here, you probably do have a little bias and want to kind of go easy on the kid who retaliated. I mean, if there's one thing I always hated in school, it was a kid who got bullied or picked on or even hit and they retaliated and they got a great punishment for it. I'm not saying you should promote retaliation or the act of doing what they did, but I think there's a case to be made that it was fair in the situation, right? Our next story is Garbage Man. As we waited in the baggage claim area, a guy in his mid-30s was pulling his suitcases off the carousel. One by one, he compared the little labels stapled into his ticket folder with the labels on the suitcases, and one at a time he tore off the paper luggage ID tags and stickers. He finished by tossing them on the floor about 5 feet from a garbage can, grabbing his bags and arrogantly stalking out. I pointed him out to my hubby as he was tearing off the tags and tossing them on the floor. Hubby said, ''Hey buddy, there's a garbage can right there.'' The guy completely ignored him, and as he disappeared through the automatic doors into the spring evening, I carefully gathered up all his luggage tags, every little bit in piece, even the skinny little elastics that had held him on the suitcase handles. Since his name and address were so legibly printed, there was only one thing to do. I brought them home, and the next day I wrote him a little note. Haha, jerk. Now you have to throw them away. I sealed it all into an envelope and mailed it to him. Now that is a new level of petty that I love. Now the real plot twist is if this guy was actually like a closet composter. You know, took this letter and those tags and ripped it up into little bitty pieces so they could compost it in their little garden or whatnot. That's the fake reality I like to conjure up in my mind. This crappy garbage man who couldn't throw them away is secretly delighted upon receiving these things. This next story is... Gave it right back to my middle school bully. I posted about this elsewhere but can't find it. Anyway, this was ages ago. I was in 6th or 7th grade and it was PE class. I was mindlessly bouncing one of those red four square balls against a wall because the other options were basketball and volleyball, both of which I wasn't a fan of. That was when an 8th grade bully walked by with his girlfriend. I had never seen the guy before, but I was small for my age and not highly athletic, so for whatever reason known only to middle school bullies, he singled me out. He grabbed my ball and bounced it against my head a few times, then turned and dropkicked it way out into a field. His girlfriend told him to stop and leave me alone. So he laughed and they kept walking past, leaving me feeling helpless and embarrassed and ticked off. So I ran out into the field to retrieve the ball and brought it back to where I'd been. By now the bully was about 10 yards away walking away from me. I had no idea if it would work, but I took aim, pointing at him with one arm and lofted the ball as hard as I could. Whatever angels watch over small, bullied kids in middle school took control of the ball and guided it straight to the middle of that kid's back. It made a loud POOM, and he was almost knocked onto his face, completely stunned. He turned around, jaw dropped. Of course, he ran and told the yard duty. So we both got an hour of detention, worth it. I would have just denied it if I were OP. Did they see it happen? I was 10 yards away, I could never make a throw or a kick like that. Shoot, they kicked it out into the field and that was the last time I saw that ball. Wink. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.